Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network. Search 76ers Insiders wherever you get your podcasts. And everybody from Philadelphia, 76ers, the We're going to get started right now. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Sixers Twitter Spaces. Matt Murphy, Lauren Rosen, soon to be joined by another Sixers insider, a special guest coming on in just a short while. Good to be back with everyone after a Sixers win. We do these after every 76ers win, and it was a road win in Cleveland, 118 114 on Wednesday night to take a 3-0 lead in the season series between the two teams. It was Joel Embiid's 28th birthday. He led the way for the Sixers. Plenty to dive into statistically, but Lauren, another good win. I mean, they got the job done on the road. They built up a big lead and then held on down the stretch. Some clutch free throw shooting as well. The highlight for me to start the day was the Joel Embiid birthday celebration. Really some unbelievable content coming out, and we should give some specific shout-outs to some of our teammates. But the singing video, the shirts, all of it, the day started on a very high note. Yeah, no doubt about it. Joel Embiid turns 28 yesterday. George Niang, who is sort of a champion of good vibes, um, surprised Joel with T-shirts featuring a rather funny photo of Joel. The whole team wore them at Shootaround. And shout out to our Trevor Gaffney and Alex Subers for capturing those moments and letting everybody see uh, uh, what a special group this is. And then as the day continued, Joel ended up being questionable due to back soreness, but he was available to play come tip off and he led the way on his birthday. We're going to run through the box score now. This is your opportunity to let me know what stands out to you most about this box score. So send me a DM um, as I go through it and let us know where you want us to put a little bit of extra focus as we go along. So Lauren, 
Before we do the stats, who was your MVP of the birthday, the happy birthday singing video? Was it Tyrese Maxey? It had to be. He was the he was the maestro. <laughs> Honorable mention to Isaiah Joe, Paul Reed with the dancing at the end. And even even Doc Rivers could get a vote or two, I think. But Tyrese stole the show, so I agree. No doubt about it. Tyrese ended up stealing the show a little bit later on in the night. So now we will jump into the box score. Send us DMs as we go along. Joel Embiid led the way. A 35-point, 17-rebound, double-double, plus five assists. Joel, extremely efficient. Shot 13 for 19 from the field. Again, that's 35 points on 19 shots. He shot eight for 10 from the free throw line as well. Tyrese Maxey, the next leading scorer, 25 points, two rebounds, two assists. Tyrese, nine for 15 from the field, three for six from three. All three were big ones. Four for four from the line. All four were big ones. A really um, adult night for Tyrese Maxey. Um, James Harden finished with a 21.11 assist double-double plus two rebounds and two steals. Harden shot five for 12 from the field and 10 for 12 from the foul line. And those were sort of... Rather, sorry, let me add Let me add Tobias Harris, but we're going to talk a little bit more, Matt, about the strength of the starting lineup, especially in these games against Cleveland. Tobias Harris, 19 points, six rebounds, three assists. Tobias, very efficient from the field, eight for 13 from the floor, three for six from deep. So a big night from Tobias, who played 39 minutes, ended up fouling out down the stretch, which, Matt, to me was a little bit of a sneaky foul out. That's not something we see from Tobias Harris very often. But up until that point, um, a really, really strong performance from that group of four. And those are the ones I think we're going to dive a little bit deeper in. I'm starting to get some more questions. Uh, but overall, I mean, Matt, I feel like we get on these almost every morning and we talk about the strength of Joel Embiid, the prowess of Joel Embiid, and the fact that he can go out there, drop 35 and 17, and make it seem like light work uh, is something I will never not be impressed by. Really great Embiid performance on his birthday. Um, did a lot early to help the Sixers get off to a really good start. And how about the, the three that everyone's talking about. So the three for Joel when he was coming out of a triple team late in the second quarter, end of the shot clock, and before that, first quarter, just draining mid-range jump shots. And of course, it got closer in the second half, a huge Cleveland run at the end of the third quarter, but then down the stretch, the Sixers get the dub. But Joel's start, he came out with a real focus. And without that, who knows how that game would have went on the road. Yeah, I mean, look, this has just been, we say it over and over again, but but the fact that Joel Embiid was able to put, to be an MVP finalist, an MVP runner-up last season, and then come in this season uh, and just be even better I, I never am not impressed by. And then, of course, as the team continues to gel and learn how to play alongside, let's say, fellow MVP James Harden, it's been fascinating to watch the way that guys ha have found each other's spots and are starting to grow with one another. And then starting to see big performances, of course, from the supporting cast, right? Seeing multiple big nights this week from Tobias Harris, who by his own admission has taken a little bit longer to acclimate to this new system. Tobias, of course, calls himself an 
an adapter and has prided himself on being an adapter in any situation he's been in in this league. And we're seeing that now uh, on a nightly basis from Tobias Harris. He, he talked about wanting to catch and shoot more, and he knows that that's a role that he's going to have to fill for this team. We saw him seal a victory on a catch and shoot three last night, three for six on big shots. So really good to see him rounding into form. That's something I think we're going to be watching as the season winds down. But Tyrese Maxey as well. Matisse Thibel struggled from the field early last night, but was getting the looks that he wants to get, that James Harden wants him to get, that the team needs him to get. So what I think we're seeing a lot of, Matt, is progress. And, and of course, sometimes we we take two steps forward, we go one step back, but then we take a couple steps forward again. Um, and the Sixers, of course, also wanted to jump out to better leads. And we've now seen that a couple times in a row. Now the challenge becomes holding on to those leads. So it's always something. Um, it's all There's always something to improve on, but a win, every win counts as a win. I like that Tyrese Maxey said that after the game. That's something that I always try to articulate that all wins count as the same amount of wins. And so this one does. The most recent one also did. Um, And so looking forward to seeing how this team continues to gel and learn one another as we move along. Keep the questions coming, the comments coming. Click on our icons, myself and Lauren. Send us your thoughts. We'll get into those shortly. Talking about the box score still and moving beyond it just a little bit. First of all, the free throw shooting has been really good as a whole or in total for the Sixers this year. I thought it was really good down the stretch, eight for eight in the final couple minutes, specifically six for six between Harden and Maxi in the final seconds of the game, really under a minute to go. So that was big. But then just looking at Tyrese and Tobias, that duo and their games individually the confidence was oozing in the game against Cleveland Tobias is really looking for his shot confident in his shot when he's open right now and Tyrese Maxey had multiple moments Lauren that stood out to me an emphatic dunk off a pump fake from the the right wing his floaters every time we looked Tyrese Maxey was making another floater the big three to go up by four with a minute and 19 left. So a really good game from multiple Sixers starters. And Tyrese had really good stuff to say after the game as well. I know you were on top of that with Tyrese post game, but I liked a lot of what he said and a lot of it was built on trust. So he had multiple quotes that I think are worth going back over right now. Yeah, I'll fire it up. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, always reflective. um, And last night had some good ones. So Tyrese said this was sort of a a quick one from Tyrese, but they asked they were he was asked about weathering the storm down the stretch uh, in this victory. And he said, it's all about trust. We trust in each other. That's huge. He went on to talk about finding one another's spots and learning where where to trust one another. But he says trust is going to be a key. And that, of course, is a key regardless of how many games you're able to play as a unit, whether it's 82 or whether it's the final third of the season as this team is experiencing Um, and and we've seen and heard a lot about the way that the team is communicating challenging one another that of course starts by the way with Joel Embiid and and the challenge he set for himself to be a better leader and a better communicator he and Tyrese have talked about that all season as the season goes along now integrating James Harden who they've all discussed as a great communicator someone who sees the floor in a way that no one else can and, and then is able to deliver what he sees and articulate 
how he needs his teammates to be out there on the floor. It's been really cool to watch them um, gel and learn one another and get over humps and speed bumps. So uh, another one from Tyrese on Joel Embiid, who is now also experiencing that circle of trust that these Sixers are building and and the way that, that Joel is deferring. That's something he's talked about, wanting to be able to pass out of doubles, defer in big moments, rely on his teammates. Joel talks about the fact that he can't win alone. And last night he could not. He needed Tyrese Maxey. So Tyrese Maxey on Joel, trusting him to take big shots down the stretch. He said, we had to make plays for each other. We had to trust each other. That was a big pass for Joel. He trusted me. If he puts his trust in me, I'll do whatever I'm capable of doing to knock it down. And that's been the vibe between the two of them all season long. It's been awesome to see the way that they've been able to gel, connect, and make each other better. Hey, it's Joe Conklin. Join me for Conklin's Comedy Night at Parks Casino, the number one casino in Pennsylvania and the official local casino partner of your Philadelphia 76ers. Tune in to 76ers games for special Parks Casino offers for fans. Watch all the action on the big screens at the Liberty Bell Gastro Pub or the Beer Garden. And come see me live with comedians from all across the country in 360 at Parks Casino. Visit parkscasino.com for tickets. Must be 21 or over. Can't be Gambler. Um, that noise of a new speaker joining the chat is one Devon Givens joining us for the second time on Twitter Spaces. Devon, it's so good to see you back here with us. What stood out to you? Let's give you the floor about last night's victory. Hey, it's great to be back with you guys, Lauren and Matt. And last night was the fact that uh, you were able to get, of course, Joel Embiid going, birthday guy, 35 and 17. But Tyrese Maxey stepping up yet again, and I, I heard you uh, just leading into me stepping in here with you that uh, the way that he was playing and the trust that they have for him, the big shot that he made later in the fourth quarter uh, to to help them, of course, secure that four-point win. I, I thought that he was big again, and it was good to see him get back into a rhythm. But most importantly, he and Tobias Harris having a big performance at the same time. What we had seen so far early in their James Harden era with uh, adjusting to James Harden and seeing where they all fit in. It was just Tyrese Maxey and, you know, a few struggles there for Tobias Harris, but being able to see them both, Lauren and Matt, have a chance to go off and contribute to the victory last night. I thought that was key and very important for these 14 games that we have left on during the stretch to close out the regular season. Devon Givens, great to have you back with us here on Sixers Twitter Spaces. The Sixers, after the win in Cleveland, are 42 and 26, third in the East. So as it stands right now, Cleveland would be the playoff matchup, but we know a lot can change. They've got a couple home games coming up, but let's stay on Cleveland, or actually. We're going to get right into it from a more holistic view because I'm looking at some of the questions coming in, Devon, and I want you to tackle this one. We're sending you right into it. Ace asked, who do you think has flourished the most with the addition of James Harden? Is it Tyrese Maxey or someone else for you? Yeah, I'll go go right back to Tyrese Maxey. The fact that he was scoring over 20-plus points per game, being able to go back, as Doc Rivers likes to say, back home where he can play off the ball, not have to worry just yet as a second-year player, so much pressure of running a team that's a championship contender. He can now just be himself and be the scorer that we know him to be. The point guard thing will come to him. He has it in him a little bit, but of course, being home and being that scorer that he is off the ball, that's where he lives and that's where he's at his best. So I think that Maxie has benefited the most and seeing 
James Harden, before he even stepped on the floor, the Milwaukee game stands out where he got on Maxie in that second quarter for not playing. And then Maxie goes off for, I believe, 14 points in that quarter and that win over Milwaukee before the All-Star break. And that's uh, that's the one for me, a, a, a guy like Maxie being able to get the information that he that he needs from a veteran, a, a future Hall of Famer, a top 75 player of all time and learn from him at this stage of his career is crucial for him. And I, I think that Maxi is the one that has, that has benefited the most from the addition. Of- Lauren, what else do we have in the way of questions as we roll along? I know they've been coming in. It can be about anything. I saw a funny one from Sixers Mania. What type of mini ma- minivan would George Niang be? So maybe at the end we can give our thoughts on that. But there's some basketball-related ones as well. Are you seeing any that you want to go to next? Yeah, sure. Um, let's go to Jake. Jake asks about Tobias Harris this week. Um, it looks like Tobias is starting to settle in a little bit more with this new starting lineup. Um, sad to see him foul out at the end of the game, but he was making, taking and making clutch shots all night up until that point. Good to see him start to find a rhythm. Um, that's uh, honestly took the words out of my mouth. I think that's sort of where we started today when we talked about Tobias. Um, I didn't realize quite how much foul trouble he was in until (laughs) the moment had come. But up until that point, again, uh, eight for 13 from the field for Tobias Harris last night, three, four, six from three. So shooting more threes and making them at a great rate, Uh, six rebounds, three assists. Devon Givens, um, we talked about this last time, but the the quotes about the way that Tobias holds himself accountable um, and challenges himself to adapt on a day to day has got to be why he's been able to find this success uh, over these last few games what have you seen from him lately yeah and the one that really stands out Lauren is the catch and shoot ability he's talked about how first of all we've known him to be a player that has had the ball in his hands able to create for himself so much during his career and the success that he was able to have with Doc Rivers in Los Angeles seeing it here for the short time that he's been here as well but the catch and shoot has never really been his his thing and now Seeing him quickly think of not even think about it anymore, Lauren, is something that Doc Rivers has wanted all along. Quick decisions and take the shot. And that's what we're now seeing from him. So that's an encouraging sign for Tobias Harris and the Sixers moving forward because there are always going to be open opportunities as the ball continues to move from Harden to Embiid and Maxi as well. The opportunities will be there for Tobias Harris to either catch and shoot immediately from beyond or once he starts to knock them down, like we've seen over the last few games, that ball fake when the the defender is trying to close out hard and he's able to put the ball on the floor like he's done so many times during his career and either hit that pull-up jump shot or continue to the rim for layup opportunity and possibly an and-one situation. So that is very important for the development of Tobias Harris. Hey, no matter how long you're in the league, it's never too late to learn and to continue to adapt to your game. And when you make a huge deal like they did at the deadline to bring in someone like James Harden, everyone has to make sacrifices and adjustments. It just took Tobias Harris a little bit longer, and now we're starting to see him figure it out with Harden on the floor. And we're still at a point, Devon, where the 
the entirety of the starting lineup hasn't all fired on the same night, right? We've seen big nights from Joel. We've seen big nights from James almost every night from the two of them. We've had huge nights from Tyrese Maxey. We've had huge nights from Tobias Harris, and we've had big nights from Matisse Thibel. But so far in the James Harden era, we haven't seen all five fire on all cylinders all together. And we're seeing how dangerous that unit can be, even if someone takes a step back on a night-to-night basis. So for me, as we look down the stretch into these last 14 games, I look forward to seeing if they can make it all happen on the same night, because this is going to be a very, very dangerous group. The starters getting it, you know, who's on on a given night. But how about the the bench and the need for someone to kind of stand out from that group? I guess two part question, who would you like to see kind of rise from that bench group? And who do you think it's going to be? It feels like more Danny Green might be coming by the looks of last night's game. So the the one constant that we've seen, Matt, of course, has been George Niang all season long. Whatever minivan version, make model you want to call him, he's been the one that's been the most consistent all season long. Struggling the last two games, who knows if it's just a matter of too many minutes that he's played uh, in the back-to-back, of course, with the Magic and the Nuggets. And then, again, last night against the Cleveland Cavaliers, hopefully a better showing on Friday. But... Uh, for me, I think the other, you're right, it might be Danny Green, but I, w- I would like for it, in, a, in an ideal situation, I would like for it to be one of the others, whether it's Shake Milton, Furkan Korkmaz finding it again, or Isaiah Joe, but it just doesn't seem right now that they have, and in Doc Rivers stating last night, when asked about the the help off the bench, and he said they just need to play better. So with them playing better, who is going to be the one to take the reins? Who's going to take that challenge, that responsibility of being that player to come off outside of Niang and Green to help out? And it could be eight points one night. It could be four points, but fantastic defense. It could be the one big three-pointer that leads to a victory. Someone does have to step up. And if I had a candidate right now, the one that I would say that I would maybe lean more towards trusting would be Shake Milton. But... I, I, ideally, because of his, his ability to shoot from beyond, I, I want Furkan Korkmaz again to take the reins and, can, and, and, and go back to the guy that we saw a season ago that landed him a new contract. This is good. Jeannie checks in and says, George is no longer a regular minivan. He's a Benz Sprinter. So thanks to Jeannie for weighing in on the, the minivan conversation. <laughs> Good stuff there. Something that a lot of people ask about, you hear Doc Rivers and some of the players mention it after games, especially recently, Devon, is is transition defense. I'm curious, what do you tell people when they bring up transition defense, whether it's on the radio, of course, you're a Sixers insider with 97.5 The Fanatic. You also host pre and post for the Sixers games on the 76ers radio network. When transition defense is the topic, how can that improve? What do you tell people when they bring that up as a weakness of this team? Oh, for, for me, Matt, it's going back to the basics, and I think that's something that Doc Rivers and the coaching staff are preaching to them, going back to the basic the principles that you learn from an early age of if you're not the one crashing the glass and you're the first guard or the first wing still back as the shot is going up and your your responsibility is not to go into the painted area and try to find and find that rebound, you have to get back. You have to at least retreat a little bit to the half-court line. And if you get an offensive rebound, cool. You can come right back in and get into the flow of the 14 seconds and run your offensive set. But if not, 
you have to get back and be the one man back in in that defensive rotation. Hopefully someone else can come back and help out as well. If it's two-on-one, you stay in the middle and do your best to find a way to anticipate where the basketball is going with the player, et cetera, and go from there. So for me, it's just about the principles and the want to and the busting it uh, of getting it back. And we've seen it plenty of times in the past where players have done just that. We'll see a sequence of something happens on the offensive end, maybe a turnover, but they still are able to get back and and, and get into a defensive uh, stance and a defensive play to be in position to help out with the team principles for me, Matt, are are key here for the Sixers. They have to communicate. They have to know situation and and get back on the defensive end to slow down those fast break opportunities. Too many uh, right now. And the way the league is is trending, the way basketball is trending, they're not only just layups and dunks anymore. They're flaring out to the three-point line because that's the way the game is going. So defensive principles, simple stuff for me. Get back on defense as the one player back to start that defensive switch from the offense to the defensive side. And that transition, ha, I didn't even mean to do that, but that transition has begun um, to, to leveling up in terms of transition defense. We've heard it from, from different players over the last few nights. Uh, James Harden really unhappy with the way that the, that the team has been getting back. It's on his radar. He says we need to get back, and he meant it, and then comes out the, the next game and actually did do a, a pretty uh, – a better job, let's say, uh, of getting back in transition uh, last night in Orlando than Tyrese Maxey talked about it post-game. He said that it's something that they're really putting an effort into, and he felt that the team was making more of an effort and being more successful in that category last night. But, of course, one game, not enough, and, and it's certainly something that, that they've all expressed that they are going to continue to work on as the season rolls along. And then, of course, defense gets ratcheted up a little bit in the playoffs, and, and imagine that intensity is something that the Sixers probably won't struggle Uh, too much to find. Um, As we continue on today, we're going to look ahead to the next few games for these 76ers because it is an exciting slate ahead. The only team under 500 over the next few happens to be the Los Angeles Lakers, who of course is a formidable opponent or are of course a formidable opponent. Tomorrow night, the Sixers will host the Dallas Mavericks for the first and only time this season at the center in South Philadelphia. And then a Sunday, Monday, back-to-back this weekend. So gearing up for another set of three games in four days as the Sixers host the Raptors and the Miami Heat on Sunday and Monday. Then they head out to the West Coast to visit the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Suns. Then the Bucks come to town. So what a slate. What a next uh, series of seven for the 76ers. Matt, Devon, when I run through that list, what stands out to you most? What excites you most uh, about the road ahead for these Sixers? It's going to be quite a slate. Yeah, I'm throwing it to Devon real quick because Devon Givens on our last show brought up the Dallas game, even prior to the Cleveland game. So looking at Dallas on, on Friday, what kind of game do you expect from the 76ers? Listen, it's identical records. Dallas beat the Brooklyn Nets last night uh, on the road in Brooklyn. They're on their uh, East Coast road trip right now, 42-26, and 26, both the Sixers and the Mavs. And the way that Luka Doncic is playing right now to such a high level, 37-9-9 and last night in the victory, uh, while they are the West Coast opponent, it's a key opponent. It's a good team. It's a playoff team that you, again, are measuring yourself against with these 14 games remaining. Seven games on the road, seven games at home with these final 14. And this Dallas game is just, it gives you a different type of team with Luka being such a great player, 
how he does it, uh, the unorthodox ways that he does it at times, and the many ways, the, the myriad ways that he can destroy you in a game. And then you have the fact that Dwight Powell is your your big man in the middle, if you will, quote unquote, big man in the middle, going up against the Joel Embiid. So the challenge there, and Jalen Brunson, the addition of Spencer Dinwiddie and what he's been providing for the Dallas Mavericks, well coached. The defense has changed with Jason Kidd stepping in the season, taking over for Rick Carlisle. They figured something out there. They're fifth in the Western Conference, and they're also playing for seeding purposes as well. So that's why I highlighted it because of the Luka Doncic factor everything that goes into the the dynamics of how Dallas does things now uh, with their their game plan so far this season. They're very good. They're very tough. And Luka, of course, is a big-time challenge. And to see him go head-to-head with Kevin Durant last night, I can't wait to see how James Harden, Joel Embiid, and company fare against them. And this three-game home stretch, Lauren and Matt, is huge because, again, you go on the road for three as well with the two L.A. teams and the Phoenix Suns next Sunday. Uh, a big stretch here of six for the Sixers here. Have to take care of home court also because their record of 23-11 and 11 on the road is phenomenal. We're so accustomed to seeing them win at home with their great record. It has not been the case this season for a variety of different ways, but you want to see them get back on track. And beginning with this three-game homestand, it has to start with Dallas, then leading into Toronto and Miami. Devon, we talked about this last time you came on the show, but we have a lot of listeners from Australia that join us for these Twitter spaces. So as always, shout out to those of you listening internationally. We love, love, love connecting with Sixers fans around the globe. But to those in Australia, uh, they'll remember as we look ahead to the Sixers and Mavs on Friday, uh, the bronze medal matchup between Australia and Slovenia this summer at the Tokyo Olympic Games in which Matisse Thybul arguably got the better end or had the upper hand rather on Luka Doncic throughout that game. Um, a, a rivalry, a little bit of a rivalry there between Thybul and Doncic, I think was born that day in Tokyo. And then of course the Mavericks got the better of the Sixers in the first of the two this season. Um, the Mavericks took a 107-98 victory a little earlier this year in Dallas. So the Sixers now looking for a little bit of revenge. Luka Doncic, a triple-double in that one. So maybe a chance for Matisse to get back at him uh, in their little mini rivalry, but wanted to shout out those listening in Australia. Got a couple messages about being excited for this Friday's game because of the significance uh, to that Olympic matchup this summer. Matt, when you look at this stretch that's coming up, these next six or seven games, what excites you the most? I look at the the Miami game. I, I think the Dallas game is is definitely going to be fun, but we, we've covered that plenty. I think because Miami's up there at the top of the standings, you kind of have to look at that one. And it's also the second night of a back-to-back at home with the schedule, the way it works out is this Sunday, the game is at 8.30 against the Raptors and then the following night against Miami. So we'll see how the team responds to that. I'll actually have the double header on Sunday. I'll have the call of the, did I say Saturday, Sunday? I meant Sunday, Monday, if I, if I said it the wrong way. But the Sixers are Sunday, Monday, uh, Toronto, Miami. But I'll have the Bluecoat Sixers double header on Sunday. The Bluecoats play at home at Three o'clock, and then the Sixers, the late game at the center at 8.30. Someone did ask a question about Charles Bassey that I can touch on real quick. I think it was Sixers mania. Actually, it might have been Ace asking about if Charles Bassey's been playing in the G League. The answer to that is yes. 
of recently, and his numbers are about a 12 and 10 double double with like five blocks per game in his eight plus games with the Delaware Bluecoats this year. But I'm really interested to see how the Sixers bounce back against Miami coming off a loss against them and on the second night of a back to back on Monday night in South Philadelphia. It is going to be quite the slate indeed. Uh, guys, I got a couple questions about the Big Niang Theory. I am not ignoring you guys. Uh, we're working on getting a couple really exciting episodes. Um, for those that are unaware, the Big Niang Theory is George Niang's podcast. He's a great basketball player. He's an equally great podcaster. Uh, and it's a podcast that we started earlier this season, so George could help get to know his new teammates a little bit better. These now not his new teammates anymore, but still some awesome conversations to be had among teammates as the season starts to wrap up or the regular season rather starts to wrap up. So I hear your questions. I see your comments, uh, big guests, big episodes coming down the pike and very much looking forward to sharing those with you guys. So follow the big Niang theory, wherever you get your podcasts, this Twitter space. Also, we always try to put up on the 76ers insiders podcast feed. So make sure if you're not already following 76ers insiders, wherever you get your podcasts, you do so now. If you ever join late or if you leave early, we try to have those in full there so you can always catch up on your post-Sixers win content. Matt, Devon, anything else in your DMs? Anywhere else we want to go before we wrap this one up? I have a couple final thoughts before we can officially wrap things up. I just wanted to quickly shout out a couple loyal spaces, listeners and followers who got their thoughts in. Gina in a tweet said that this is a special group impressed that Harden already feels like family and referenced Harden's quote to Joel after the game when Joel was reflecting on his birthday, saying that he wishes he got to spend it with his family. Harden said, we're your family, though. So in many respects, that's true. These players spend so much time together. And and Harden and Joel, the joint press conferences, are already a treat uh, when they're together. And and James is kind of just staring at Joel as he's giving his answers. And then Mary was at the game in Cleveland and says that the atmosphere was electric, even though we were the visiting team. Would like to chime in that other fan bases boo their team and boo loudly. It was amazing to be on the winning side of the boos and terrific ending for the birthday king. So thanks, as always, to Gina and Mary for being here with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody who's sending your DMs. If we didn't get to you today, we're going to hope to have a lot of these Twitter spaces. And again, with the caliber of the opponents, uh, there could be some big wins down the pike. So if we are going to have more Twitter spaces, they are going to be for exciting victories. We can promise you that. Um, Matt, Devon, thank you guys, as always, for sharing your wisdom, your thoughts, your feedback. And as always, to those listening, if you have any questions between now and the next Sixers win, send us your questions in the interim. Send us your questions in game. We love hearing from you guys and we try to get to as many as possible it's going to be an exciting finish down the stretch of the regular season and into the playoffs matt and devon i'm really excited to have you guys along and continue downloading and discussing everything as it comes it's an exciting time to be part of this sixers family we love doing these twitter spaces with everybody here matt devon any closing words Thanks again, as always, for having me, and uh, can't wait for tomorrow. It's going to be a huge game against the Mavericks, and then, of course, looking forward to a big weekend on Sunday and Monday for the back-to-back, and we'll see about the doubleheader for Matt on on Sunday (laughs) with the Bluecoats and, and the Sixers. Should be a fun weekend. Thanks, as always, guys. 
Yeah, the Maine Celtics, formerly the Maine Red Claws, the Maine Celtics in town in Wilmington. So if you can get to that, maybe people out there, if you're local, they can pull the doubleheader as well. But looking forward to it regardless. Alrighty, guys. Thanks as always. Thanks to those listening. Make sure you're following the 76ers Insiders podcast and the Big Niang Theory wherever you get your podcasts. We will hope to be back with you guys very soon. But I think for now, that's all we got. And we will talk to you guys next time. Go Sixers. We will talk to you soon. Thanks, Matt and Devon. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 